Welcome to A Counselor's Journey to Private Practice. I'm your host, Juan, and this podcast teaches mental health professionals to cultivate curiosity and build ambition in their journey to starting, growing, and scaling a private practice. Let's dive into the episode. How is everyone doing today? So I just literally two minutes and 46 seconds ago, to a dot, <laughs> um, I just got done doing an interview with the amazing um, Gordon Brewer. And, you know, we, we, we dove into how to go from zero to $50,000 in 10 actionable steps. And that's why you're here today, right? You want me to get right to the point. You want to figure out what do I need to do to go from zero to $50,000 in 10 actionable steps. Now, this really is for anyone in private practice. You know, you want to look at pivoting. You want to look at scaling. You want to look at how do I build the right relationships, make the right moves to have a successful private practice. And I wanted to have on that um, episode, so go check it out if you can, with Gordon Brudor. I want to have Gordon because he is old school. Gordon has been around in the game. I think I was just going out of high school or getting into um, college and undergrad when he was already, you know, having the ball rolling. And he was telling me that he made his uh, website, you know, just organically, like he did it, right? Just going online and I think he did a Yahoo site. Which was interesting because I, whenever I started private practice, I did all, all my website myself, just school of the hard knocks. Um, but I, I found a very interesting common ground there. So I had him in that interview because I really value his feedback. Just, just someone, you know, who's a veteran, who's really, you know, has been through the trenches. And I know now that, you know, it's in the year 2020, COVID's hitting us. So things have changed a lot. Um, but there's still a lot, a lot of golden nuggets, you know, to pull from that. But in this episode today, we are going to get into 10 actionable steps that can help you to go from zero to $50,000. I want you to have something to write with, but you may not You may not have something to write with, right? You may be like, Juan, I am on the treadmill. I am running or I'm cleaning the house with some of that lemon scent. I try to give the house a good lemon smell. Um, or if you're like my wife, you've already ordered all the fall smells because right now it's August, it's August 10th, and she gets ready for fall. <laughs> I'm just giving you a little background there. So these steps, they are in no order. They are more about actionable steps that you can take. The first one is having a website. Now you can go old school and take the DIY and make it yourself, or you can pay a couple of dollars and take the route of having someone make, make one for you, where you may pay like 300 to upwards of thousands um, for the website, or you can go to um, one of these websites where you almost rent it if you will, you pay by month um, and you have that lower fee. But overall what you want is you want a website so you can have what's called SEO, search engine optimization. And the more blogs that you write in there, the more content, pictures, infographics, um, images, details on your service page, details on your niche, the more information you put on your site, the more SEO gets improved and improved. So that when someone gets online, like a potential patient, and they're looking for counselors in your area, and let's say you are in, uh, like my area, Greensboro, North Carolina, that your site is going to pop up because you're doing your due diligence, right? You're working hard on your website. The website, the website cannot just stand there and be, you know, fancy and look good. It has to have some kind of productivity, some, some sort of work behind it. So that's the first one I want to share with you. The next one, number two actionable step, is all about looking at connecting with people. Now, here's what I mean um, by connecting with people. Giving yourself 10 minutes to get online. Google every clinician in your area. That's going to take some time, maybe more than 10 minutes. And then give them a call. You know, as clinicians, we are friendly, we are kind, we're supportive, genuine, authentic, um, or at least we strive to be and yearn to be. Um, so if you did this and you're in my area, you'd call and say, hey, Juan, my name is Bob, and I am looking at building a private practice, or I'm transitioning to private practice, or I'm in private practice, and I'm stuck. 
you know, I'm looking to increase my caseload. I serve um, individuals that struggle with anxiety. Well, that's really awesome for me to know because I love building referrals. I love building relationships. So if my caseload is full, I don't want to tell someone calling, you know, me, a potential client, say, hey, I'm full, so you got to wait for six months. I want to be able to serve you and to be supportive in the best way that I can. And then if I just met you, um, hypothetical person Bob, then I can refer to you. So that's number two actionable step to go from zero to $50,000 where you're able to build these relationships with partners. Now, partners in the community can be other clinicians. It can be psychiatrists, uh, physicians, pediatricians, lawyers, um, professionals in the, the church system, your barber, right? Your hairstylist, it's just other people building relationships, making them genuine. Um, actionable step number three is having business cards. Now, whenever you have business cards, you know, we are looking at what can your business card offer people? So instead of a business card that is just, um, you know, I forget what that movie was with the actor that was in Batman. Uh, man, I wish I could remember it. Maybe you know what I'm talking about, hopefully, but they were really into the business cards. Um, for our business cards as clinicians, I like to have an image on there because an image allows us to build an emotional connection. Um, and it's no different than like, you know, you loading up your phone um, or laptop, you know, having a screensaver of a beautiful image. It really invites you in. And I think it does a good job to letting us feel some sort of connection there. Um, so what you're doing is you're, you're, you're weeding people out and you're pulling people in. Because if you have an image of you, someone will say, oh, you know, all of our hairstyles got some purple in it. I think that will really fit my team. Or, you know, he's got a beard, I got a beard. You know, maybe we relate on that, on that note. Something else to have on your business card is something that they can use. Um, I know that when I go and get, um, I used to get coffee, coffee at this place. Um, I forget what it was. Uh, located but they had like a punch hole system so every 10th one i'll get a free coffee now what if you did that where every 10th time they came in and you're a cash-based business they got 50 percent off right it's an incentive or first session 25 percent off whatever it may be something on there that makes your business card action oriented versus just a card that's going to go in the pocket and get lost in the washing machine or not lost it'll come out looking like what is this that's a personal story sometimes i leave things in the washing machine and my wife she, does, she doesn't like that. <laughs> um, I'm laughing now, but later there'll be something to pay. I'm not sure what there'll be. Um, you know, I, I wanted to share before I go into actual step number four. I know that um, my wife is not on the podcast, but I promise you that she is behind every episode that we do. Um, if you will, she is the brains of the operation. The step number four, your rental space. Now, when we go from zero to $50,000, we got to think about our overhead. You know, do you right away go and pay one, $2,000 for rent, you know, knowing that you got other expenses that you're going to have to pay and you've got like two clients, you know, probably not the best idea, but you can sublease. And then when you sublease, there's always the art of negotiation, you know, negotiation entirely has to do with doing it, negotiating, taking the action, taking that step. So like if you reached out to someone and I've had this happen, um, um, with individuals that, I, that I've connected with where it's, you know, hey, can we rent at an hourly pace? You know, I've got zero patients, so I don't want to pay, you know, $400, $500 for an office that I have no idea I'm going to be at. What if I pay you $20 an hour? And then when I'm there, you know, that's, that's that amount that you get. And you never know what's going to happen until you try it out. What I recommend is kind of writing scripts out. Write a script out for an hourly pace, a script out for renting by the day, renting by the weekend, renting by evening, renting by morning, renting by during the day. All of these can allow you to have some sort of leverage in your communication when you're trying to sublease and lower that overhead expense. So that was number four. Um, number five is getting known in your community. Now, getting known in your community has to do with building relationships, but also serving. 
So one thing that I like to look at is who are you? You know, what highlights you, what represents you, um, and, and what are you about? So let's say that you are a clinician out there in the community, and you're really into supporting couples, couples that are struggling, um, and, and that connects you to you at your core, but you, and you also have a religious background, right? You go to church on Sundays and so forth. So maybe something you could do within your um, community and your church is you can offer pro bono for free, where, you know, every other Sunday or once a month, you hold a little worship at the church, you know, it's free for them, and you just go into, you know, ways to improve your relationship, how to have healthy communication, and then what you're doing is you're building a brand, you're building awareness, and the community gets to know you in that manner. And then over time, that's going to give leverage so that when couples in the community, whether they're in the church or just outside, because people communicate and the word of mouth spreads, they're going to think about relationship, support, you know, who can help, and your name's going to come up. I, I really encourage you, though, that before you dive into, you know, getting known in the community, think about what's authentic to you, what's genuine to you. Um, I am a huge advocate, especially here in a counselor's journey to private practice. My wife and I, we started this because we wanted to build a business, build a lifestyle that connected to who we are. You know, I want, we wanted to be able to wake up and wake up with, with joy, with happiness, spend time with our kids, um, you know, not have to rush to get them to school and then pick them up from school and rush and barely see them for an hour. You know, we wanted time in, in the areas that, you know, really connected to us. So with that said, I know I went on a tangent there. But you are hanging with me. With that said, I want you to think about if you were to be involved in your community, what is the most beautiful way for you to do that that connects to you? Um, the next one we're going to look at is, um, and, and we are number six. It's kind of crazy. Um, number six has to do with how did you hear about me? Um, so how did you hear about me? The question that we want to ask if, um, verbally or non-verbally, you know, you write it out, everyone that comes into your practice, because that's going to give you a lot of information of what to do versus what not to do. Um, an example of this would be if I came to your practice and I wanted to work with you, or maybe I just called because I had questions. Um, during a conversation, you could say, hey, Juan, I really appreciate that you called me today. Um, can I ask if it's okay? You know, how did you hear about my prior practice? And I could say, yeah, you know, I heard from this person I go to church with. Well, now you have an idea that the work that you're doing at church is effective. Or let's say, yeah, I saw you on, on a website and a lot of other therapists on there. I think it was called psychology something. Psychology. And you're like, yeah, psychology today. Well, that's awesome because now you know that the $30 or so you're spending a month on psychology today is completely effective. Um, and and it's, giving you, um, it's giving you that return that you're looking for. So be able to keep up with that. that that's that's going to be important now, important when you scale to 100000 You know, you scale to you know bigger and bigger, larger and larger in your private practice. The next point we're going to get into is number seven. Um, another actionable step that you can take is ROI. And that connects to what we were just discussing, how do people hear about you. ROI is your return on investment. And return on investment um, has to do with where you're spending money or where you're spending time because time is money. And if that's giving you the investment you know, that, that you're looking for. So the easy example, we talked about this on the podcast with Gordon, is if you use psychology today, um, and just roll with me here with some numbers. We're not going to get too difficult. If you're paying $30 for Psychology Today a month and you have one client at $100, that means 30 of those dollars went to Psychology Today, 70 went to you. So for you, that's a really good investment there because, you know, that's just, that's almost double. No, it's a little bit more than double. Um, and then that keeps adding up, you know, versus, let's say, a not-so-good investment. Let's say that, you know, for six months you are um, donating time at uh, a certain community center and you're speaking on um, I don't know, uh, anxiety and how, to, and how to cope with anxiety. And, and you notice that it's not leading to referrals. 
And maybe, maybe, maybe you're not liking it either. You know, it's getting annoying. It's getting aggravating. It's taking time away from you, from your family, for self-care. At some point within that six months, you're going to write down and say, okay, I have spent X one hours doing this project um, for business-related reasons. And it's, you know, created, let's say, zero um, as far as return on investment. Um, it's a little bit different than Takaji because you're paying, um, you're paying a fee, but still something to think about. You know, we are building a business. And when it comes to building a business, we have to be able to acknowledge that our time uh, connects to our, our worth, you know, our self-worth. The next area we're going to get into, and this one has to do with number eight. Number eight, it's about location. Um, so whenever you are looking at the location of your business, I do find it really important to um, have somewhere with strong foot traffic. Um, and I'm going to mix number eight with number nine, which is naming your practice. Um, because of COVID right now, a lot of us are not going in the office, so we're working from home. Now, obviously, or I'm not sure, but I assume most of us are not having patients come to our home. So number eight, number nine is uh, location and naming your practice. A lot of clinicians out there, they take the route of using their name, which, which is okay. You know, we're not, we're not going to go in a negative direction there. I just kind of want to share, you know, the positive of you something different. Um, and they're both positive, positive theoretically. Um, you can use your name and build a brand, almost like Michael Jordan, right, the basketball player, um, or Gary Chapman. Um, you know, he's, he's got his name and, and all his books and so forth. Um, or you can use uh, the name of the location. So let's say that you're located, like me, in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina. Um, if I would have named my practice uh, Greensboro Counseling, um, um, then when people search for counseling in my area, they're likely, they're prone, right, to get on Google and search counselors in Greensboro. Um, so then that gives me a little bit of leverage because my practice is already named after the location. So that's like that little, you know, specification there as to why you may hear out there in the community of private practice and consulting um, on, you know, ways to name your practice that can be savvy towards you. The other part is location is it comes down to foot traffic. Um, so if you have your area in your city, you know, really think about what's convenient for people. Are there stairs, elevators? Is there abundant, abundant parking? Is your building located somewhere that's private? Um, or is it somewhere where, you know, it says, um, you know, counseling um, center, whatever the business is, but it's like dead in the middle, right? Everyone can see it. How does that impact clients? How does it impact the people that you serve? You know, would they want something a little more discreet? Um, and then if it is, you know, we got to think about that uh, clinically as far as how that impacts someone. I do think and I hope at some point later in the future that, you know, the stigma around mental health reduces and it becomes more of like a gym. You know, when you see a gym, you see it packed with people and then when they go in there and they're walking, the, when they're walking by into the YMCA, you're like, yeah, go you, get your workout today. You know, that gave me some motivation. I'm going to get my workout. And, and hopefully at some point, um, this is just kind of me vent, um, venting here and going on a tangent. Hopefully at some point the same thing happens where, you know, someone walks into a counseling office and, and it's like, yeah, go you. You know, you're working and, and you're succeeding and you're growing and you're addressing things and you're living your best life. Um, that, that, that's, that's, at least from my end, that's what I'm working towards, you know, building and, and reducing that stigma. Um, and number 10, number 10 is an interesting one. And this one has to do with consistency. Now, all of these things, as far as, you know, that are mentioned of 10 actionable steps, yes, there's other actionable steps. Um, I'm, I'm, and, and these 10, if you do them, you know, I'm a strong believer that they can get you beyond that 50000 that you're looking for, um, beyond, beyond that amount. Now, what's really important with them is consistency, showing up every day and, and working hard, working smart, making sure that the work that you're doing, it's effective. 
and, and you're not just, you know, working and then kind of looking around and saying, okay, where's that return investment? Um, but, but consistency, again, you know, building relationships with people in the community. If you ask 10 people to go out for coffee and 10 say zero, well, remember, there's like thousands of people that you can, you know, ask. Those, those 10 don't, don't slow you down. Keep going. Um, if you're writing blogs and you notice that none of the blogs are getting traction, that's okay. Keep writing. If you're doing videos and they're not getting traction, that's okay. Keep writing. Just look for, you know, tweaks and changes. But consistency is what allows our, our business to be effective and to grow. Um, and then I'll give you a bonus one before we hop off. Number 11, uh, tweaks. Is that even a word? Tweaks? Adjustments? Um, what I mean here is take time every quarter. Sit down and look at everything that you're doing in your private practice and then see if there are adjustments that you can make that will allow you to work smarter or more effective. An easy example I'll share with you is if I am doing my YouTube videos, which I do for Santos Counseling, and I do YouTube videos um, on there on a site called Counseling Talk, and I'll go into anxiety, you know, coping skills, depression, coping skills. And if I notice that in a quarter, right, the quarter goes by, that the videos are not doing well, then I ask myself, well, why? And I'll start doing research. You know, I'll look into SEO, search engine optimization. I'll look into keywords. I'll look at other people's YouTube channels, see what they're doing, if there's something different. And if, and if what they're doing is effective, I'll reach out to them and ask questions if they're willing to provide that support. And then I'll put those changes into play. Um, and then I, I play it out and work with that and see what happens within, you know, the next quarter. Um, that continues to be effective and supportive as uh, I build that prior practice in my journey. As always, thank you for being here. Before you hop off, a big, big, um, you know, uh, kindness that I'm going to ask, uh, putting myself out there. The, the podcast grows in a very simple way. It grows by having reviews and having uh, people subscribe. So I, I, I would ask for the kindness if you're able to leave me an awesome review. You know, share how this is helpful in your journey of private practice. Also, if you were to subscribe, that way you know every week the episode's coming out, and I do my best to be consistent so that you have these episodes. Um, as always, uh, and if you haven't done so already, visit um, a counselor's journey, uh, com. It's going to be on the show notes as well where you're able to join our email list. That way each week you are getting resources that allow you to grow, build, scale, um, get superpowers <laughs> in, your, in your journey of private practice. Um, that'd be cool, right? Superpowers? All right, guys. I will see you in the next episode. In your journey of private practice, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please leave an awesome review and share this podcast with any counselor you think is working towards starting, growing, and scaling a counseling practice. Let's grow together in our journey. I'll see you in the next episode.